There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On today's podcast, the author of Homebrewed Vampire Bullets, Garth Jones, returns to talk about the film Stunt Rock. My name is Justin Hamilton, and you're listening to Big Squid Presents... Pass the ammo. I can't help but tell the title of the movie that we're watching today and not laugh. Uh, welcome to today's podcast. I'm going to keep this brief as we're filming the finale to question everything uh, today and uh, I have to get into the studio and make all of that happen. Uh, well, make my part of it happen anyway. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you to everyone in Melbourne who came to my show at Comedy Republic. Between Adelaide, Sydney and Melbourne, I've had a really great time putting this show together and performing it for you. And look, I've got to be honest with you, this is genuinely the most I've enjoyed stand-up in, oh, I don't know, like a long time. Like like a properly long time. Like I enjoyed the uh, the John Tilde Adamus shows, uh, but they weren't stand up. But I'm I'm speaking literally uh, the pure art of stand up, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just really into it, and I'm really enjoying putting it together. And uh, things changed a little bit between Adelaide and Sydney, and then things changed a little bit between Sydney and Melbourne, and that's a sign of a show that's alive and and uh, growing in different ways. And I'm learning things about it, and I learn about the show from your reaction. So thank you so much for coming out. And there will be even more tinkering with the show before it appears again at the Adelaide Fringe. I'll be doing five nights there. So I'll share more details with you about that when we get closer to the end of the year. But once again, thank you to everyone in Melbourne. It was great to see you. And for everyone who was in that audience, it was fantastic to not only hear your laughter, but especially you, Sam Streeter, whose laugh I recognised as the 
old shelf music began to introduce me onto the stage. I turned around to Rebecca Austin, who is uh, one of the people in charge at Comedy Republic, and I said, that's Sam Streeter. I know that laugh. So what a real treat. Thank you so much. Okay, let's bring in Garth Jones so we can talk about an Australian stuntman who helps a rock band develop pyrotechnic magic tricks for their glam rock show and in the process finds himself in a romantic situation with a magazine writer. It is time to enter the world of a movie that is perfectly named for what it does. That film is Stunt Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, sorcery. Well, you have outdone yourself, Garth Jones, getting me to watch Stunt Rock. The best film over the last 50 years? Like it might be. Like it might be the best film I've ever seen and it was, and I mean this as a compliment, a palate cleanser to everything that's going on in the world. The simplicity of this movie. A pair of stuntmen perform magic tricks and feats of daring for a heavy metal act called Sorcery and I'm not entirely certain there's been a movie that has ever nailed its uh, synopsis more than Stunt Rock. Can you believe that the director came up with the concept in the shower? Really? Right. <laughs> no, you know what? It makes sense. And wrote a, a six-page treatment, which is like, that's probably five and a half pages too much. Wow. Wait, what did he leave on the cutting room floor? I think most of it would have been describing uh, Grant Page's outfits. Right. Uh, wow. Uh, he, spectacular. He, he looks fantastic. And it is a, like, the... As soon as you see him, and and for people who haven't seen this movie, which I'm guessing will be a lot of uh, our listeners, uh, it's uh, it's billed as a 1978 Australian mockumentary musical action film, and all of that is correct, but with its sense of humour, does it really tick mockumentary? Because, like, it it is, but is it as knowing as it sometimes appears to be, or does it actually sometimes feel like they think that this is genuinely funny? It's it's not Spinal Tap, is it? Like there's no there's level of uh, insight into the material. Um, I mean, there's you know there's some amazing lines in it. I remember immediately writing down. He set an Australian stunt record. Yes, great. <laughs> and yeah, there are like meta moments where they sort of nod towards 
in you know, Grant Page not being a particularly good actor. Right. But they're not le- leaning into the concept, I guess, to the extent you think they, you know, a mockumentary would suggest. Um, I mean, when I, when I realised it was essentially 50% uh, footage of just him doing stupid shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and just 50% wandering around LA and hanging out with this, ba- hanging out with this band. Oh, man. And, like, so, you know, in terms of, like, the Ozploitation, uh, you know, the, the concept, um, you know, he, the, the two women, like, I'm like, well, surely there's going to be some nudity eventually here. Right. But it, it's such a chaste film, too. Yes, it's really weird like that, isn't really it? a really nice dude that hangs out. And well, it, it, it feels, yeah, yeah. It, it, it honestly feels like it's made by a teenager who hasn't discovered women yet. Yes. Because <laughs> it's you know? a really nice sort of like, um, you know, conversation on the staircase towards the end where he's talking about how, oh, I might have feelings for her, but, you know, don't want right. to rush into things. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? Yes, it's great. I actually had not kind of clocked that until we just started talking about it, but it feels like a nice boy who plays Dungeons and Dragons and likes stunts and made a movie. Past. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. It's um the, the the women in this are it's interesting. They don't get a lot to do, but they are also weirdly not uh, symbols of uh, fetishness or anything like that. No, like no, the, no. you know, the lead actress in her own TV show is kind of quite ballsy. And she uh, actually, she's a stunt person too. Oh yes, right. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the lead of the TV show that he goes to uh, stunt coordinate. Yeah, she's actually a stunt person uh, in her own right in the seventies. Right, so that's why she's so good yeah. at jumping off that building and uh, and and shocking all the boys that she's as good yeah, as anyone right. else. Yeah, and and the journalist as well sort of gets uh, an interesting through line. Uh, like she actually kind of gets a through line of finding this uh, story, doing a little bit of research, and appears to be on her way to helping stunt people become authentically known in Hollywood. And I mean, to think that, like, Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, like, a decade before this, and, like, he was out there murdering his wife. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> beating, beating Bruce Lee in fights, and, like, yeah. no, re- no recognition there. <laughs> no, none, none whatsoever. Uh, what I loved about this film is that it literally took no time in getting into it. We open on stuntman Grant Page conducting a stunt down a zip line straight into water. And that's the first few minutes of the movie. And I don't know what's more impressive about this opening, the actual stunt or how Grant Page really fills out his budgie smugglers. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that noticed that. Uh, <laughs> thank God the movie's not in 3D. But holy fucking shit. Like, they said there was no CG in the, like, 1970. <laughs> <laughs> He better than Jaws. Like, come on. Oh, it's it's a lot. And he is is a lot. (laughs) Physically like an old school Aussie guy, uh blondish hair, uh kind of uh a little bit, you know, borderline too tanned. Yeah, a bit leathery. He's like I think he's not forty yet in this one. There's another depressing Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I think he would he was born in nineteen thirty nine, so it would have been his yeah, just about forty in this film. Right. And I was thinking about, in terms of, you know, the, the stunts he does and the, the clips they play, like there's no attempt to hide or, like, dress him up as a character. No. 
And I was trying to think of who he, he actually could have doubled for authentically in the 1970s. And I came up with Sid Halem. Oh, right. <laughs> like, yes. From a country practice, like they might <laughs> have a similar look at that stage. But yeah, everyone, right. there's just, yeah, there's, you know, some people these days, obviously prosthetics, they yes. try and match them as closely as possible, but there was just zero attempt. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't he a woman at one point doing a stunt? <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> he's got he's got it all going on. Yeah, and the uh, and also, so I I knew of Grant Page, the stuntman, and then when they're calling him Grant Page, I thought I actually had his name wrong. I thought, oh, I've gotten the I've gotten the character confused with the yes. with yeah. the actor, and then it turned out, no, 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 I was right the first time, and and that, that's what makes a, a lot of the scenes kind of weird, like you know the cousin who, as you said is having a crack at him for being a bad actor in a movie where he's acting badly is like, is that, is that meta or is that just cruel? <laughs> I mean, the, the idea that the whole film was sort of premised on breaking him as an actor yeah. in Hollywood um, or, you know, authentically attempting that. Yeah. Uh, pretty astonishing. He, he looks like he could have been, uh, like he's too young for it, but he, he looks like he could have been the stuntman in uh, a Crocodile Dundee movie. That's kind of, I, I kind of felt uh, that maybe Hoags had uh, looked at uh, the, the Grant Page outfit and, uh, and taken a bit of it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a sort of weird sort of wizard Crocodile Dundee sort of aesthetic. He's doing like everything like cuts off at his belly button. Yes. Like, just <laughs> like blouse or kimono open to the waist. Yeah, it's, I mean, you've got to admire it. Oh, like, he pulls it off. Like, he pulls it off uh, amazingly. Uh, look, there's, there's a few storylines going on here, uh, so I, I feel like they're best to tackle one at a time. So first we have Grant as an Aussie superstar breaking into American entertainment where he's considered by some people as insane and others, like the awful American director, as nothing more than a warm prop. So uh, what else do you know about the history of Grant Page? He's from Adelaide. Oh, respect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Born in 1939. Yeah. Uh, his Wikipedia is actually embarrassingly short. Right. Considering, you know, he, he's, stunt, he's been a stuntman in every, you know, all stunt coordinated, like Mad Max, not Mad Max 2, but beyond, he did Beyond Thunderdome. Right. Uh, I mean, he's worked up until very recently, like into his 80s in terms of stunt coordination. Right. Um, we, can, we can hold Gods of Egypt. Oh yeah, recent or well, semi-recent um, Alex Poyer's shit show. He uh, yep. was on that. Uh, he was the bad guy in Road Games. Oh right, yeah, right, yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Covered previously. Yeah, uh, he has written a book. I haven't read it, uh, but yeah, he's done stunts on. I was coordinated stunts on Storm Boy. I can't really think of <laughs> exactly what the stunts in Storm Boy would have been. Was it? Was there a moment where Mister Percival went? Ape shit and uh, attacked anyone? I can't remember. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I wish that happened. Uh, also worked on All Saints. Right. Uh, Some of the Mask. Right. Sorry. Police Rescue. <laughs> okay. So, it, yeah, so most of his career has been here. Yeah. 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 And uh, so if he's a stunt coordinator, he's quite clearly not doing the stunts anymore, right? Not at that age, I hope. No. No. Yeah. Like I hope not, <laughs> but you know he's insane. Like he, some of the stunts, 
yeah, some of the stunts he did is um, like, could you work out when he was acting and when he was actually hurt in a stunt? Because like, so as an example, when that car hits him uh, really early on, and he when he goes to the states, and he's laying on the ground, that kind of looks real to me. Yeah, there's a apparently he did a, uh, attempted to jump a car on the Don Lane show right around this era and didn't. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, so, yeah, potentially that one is related to the <laughs> the, the film. Um, that could be an outtake from actually getting hit by a car. Right. He did come back five years later and jump the car for Don Lane. But, uh, yeah, the first attempt didn't go so well. Mate, that's what live TV's missing. Like, you know, they're trying to work out how to revamp late night television and and stuff like that it, you just need people putting their lives in danger doing crazy ass shit yeah just yeah just jump a fucking car please uh. but, then, but when he hits that that you know the way he crumples to the ground like i've seen his acting earlier in the film that does <laughs> exactly. not look like acting <laughs> yeah so, so i mean yeah being the the, the fire stunt yeah uh, i mean that has to hurt to some extent surely Yes. Well, even though all the precautions they're taking, like, you know, there's got to be a, a level of pain with actually being on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and uh, uh, when he is on fire, so that's an outtake from another movie as well, isn't it? Yes, and yes. And when he's on fire, the look of panic, not on his face, but the actor that he's opposite, because he kind of caromes into them while he's still got flames all over his body. And that actor doesn't have anything on. No. <laughs> But how much does CG look shit? Like, being on fire actually legitimately is a... It looks cool. Like, you know, I was saying to uh, Garth just before I press record, uh, I went, I was given free tickets to see Black Adam last night and it is genuinely like one of... It it made me wish I was watching uh, The Shape of Water. And I I hated it so much and I, I thought it was... One of the worst wastes of times I've uh, I've uh, committed myself to, and there were lots of flames in that, and none of them looked as good as Grant Page accidentally trying to set on fire the person he's acting opposite. <laughs> come on, come on, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> come on, mate. Really? You're that, you, you think you're that tough? You think you're that hard? Set yourself yeah. on fire. <laughs> Hey, I feel like Grant at 80 would probably still be uh, up for it as well. But, uh, yeah, some of these uh, – because it, 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 what, what's interesting is uh, I think the director, he owned the rights to some of these other films that Grant had done the uh, stunts yes. on so he yeah. could use them in his own movie. And it's it's these weird kind of – like nothing quite makes sense narratively. It's just like, oh, yeah, here's me telling you a story and then we see something from another movie – and then just, uh, just like kicks into like seventy sort of like chugging prog rock as he's like you know, on a hang glider or. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, it's uh, pretty crazy that after all these years, uh, people uh, uh, kind of don't give stunt crew their respect. And uh, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I, I mean, I guess the idea is that like they have we want them to disappear so we can buy into the fantasy that the actor is capable yes. of doing all those things. Yes. Uh, and the, I guess that goes to its, you know, most ridiculous degree when you've got Tom Cruise wanting to do a fucking spacewalk. 
oh, like man. running down the side of like a you know the tallest building in the world. Oh yeah, and it's all like locked on him. It's like look, that's him doing it. <clears throat> yes, but I mean, this is uh, Road Games with Grant Page is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies. Right, uh, Richard Franklin's Road Games, um, and yeah. uh, you know Tarantino is, I guess, one of the few people who actually is sort of making icons of stunt people in the contemporary film age. Yeah, Zoe like Ball from um, Death Proof. Yeah. And, you know, she shows up quite a bit. And obviously, as we've mentioned, Brad Pitt, his character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But by and large, I mean, it's, you know, you can just basically CG someone's face off now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> put a mask on them. And, yeah. But, I mean, there's still obviously a lot of stunt people active. When... It, it feels like a missed opportunity with the Oscars. Like, there should be a best stunt. Yeah. I mean, there's all – I mean, the Oscars – well, I mean, the best stunt this year. We won't discuss that one, but yeah, um, you know. Uh, well, that wasn't that wasn't a stunt. That was uh, an, an an assault. Oh, There's oh, a massive yeah. difference. True, a stunt true. is usually worked on Actually, and has safety. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, they do. Do they do that stuff in all the craft awards that they don't show on TV because they're not celebrities? Ah, uh, I don't know. Stunt people get an award. When yeah, doing, like the best audio or the best foley or. Maybe, but it, it feels like, you know, the, the Oscars are dying anyway. Why yeah. not see five snippets of five yeah. crazy-ass stunts? Yeah, and then ramp it up again. Just go back to, like, no, yeah, best stunts on CG. Uh, yeah. You know, most days in hospital. Oh, yeah. And go with that, yeah. There, there's so many weird uh, moments of uh, stunts in this film where it, it, it's funny – like the the whole film builds towards a stunt at the end, and I'm guessing it's actually quite an impressive stunt. But the way it's shot is him coming down the zip line is a bit like, oh yeah, that was good. Nice. But I okay. but I reckon it was much more dangerous than what the, the the way it was filmed as well. Yeah, I mean, just doing that drop into that water is probably like you know the level of you know. The amount of physics and like planning and calculations involved probably mind boggling, but they didn't really right. um, communicate that particularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my four year old can do a zipline, sure. Yeah. Well <laughs> yep, well done, little fella. Uh, what about uh, the director, Brian Trenchard Smith? Um, what, what's going on with his uh, body of work? He, on the other hand, has an amazingly detailed Wikipedia. Yeah. Which I assume he updates every day. Right. Because uh, there are spreadsheets, there are lists of, you know, the minutiae of everything he's ever fucking done since uh, 1973. Right. Wow, that's good. Uh, I mean, he was a film editor and uh, moved into directing in the around the Stunt Rock era. He thinks Stunt Rock is the worst thing he ever made. Right. Which is clearly wrong. Uh, that's, that's, that's sad to hear. He went on to make BMX Bandits with our Nicole. Oh, yes, right. Uh, Turkey Shoot uh, yep. which was remade into a very bad version about seven or eight years ago. Right. But the original's got, like, a lot of charm. It's got Roger Ward, who was the uh, police chief in Mad Max. Yep. And it's a sort of dystopian um, police state sort of running man, pre-running man. Sort of yeah. Uh, he's also one of Tarantino's favourite directors. Right. Um, and he moved to Hollywood in the 90s and made two Leprechaun films. 
Oh yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he made Leprechaun two and four, right? And just a whole lot of dribble that's sort of gone to the wayside. But yeah, he's still active. The martial uh, made martial arts films with George Lazenby, the man oh, from Hong Kong. Yes, and right. Hong. Um, and he, he's a fencer, as in the sport. Oh right! <laughs> wow. That's a that's a funny little uh, bit to oh, yeah, throw in at is, the end. Wikipedia is granular. It's really quite shocking. The, the deeper you go, you're like, oh my god! Like this guy, yeah, he's definitely up, updating it as you know, day by day. So, so he, why why doesn't he like this film? It, it, did do you think that maybe, uh, may like it's not like it reminded me a lot of Spinal Tap, but not as good as yeah. Spinal Tap. And do you think maybe? That was his intention to a certain extent, or what, where where do you think the disconnect comes from? I mean, watching it again for you know for for the first time in a long time, I was like, if Grant Page uh, stuck this on his contemporary Tinder account, like he'd be rolling in it, you know, like it's basically right. just a highlight reel for what a, a awesome dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it is basically a. I mean, it's almost like a you know a package highlight. Right, or like your showreel, yeah. Not, not so much as a, of a narrative, but a yeah, like sort of a, a yeah, a reel that he was going to take to Hollywood and I guess show why they should hire Grant Page. Right, more yeah. so than a narrative. I I feel like it's um, I, I think it'd be ripe for a remake, to be honest. And yeah. I, I think part of the problem, and this is the second part of the story that uh, for once again for people who haven't seen it, the the stories are interwoven kind of like they they kind of go in and out of each other but they don't reflect each other properly and that's i think that's the main issue with it but the, the, the second part of the story is the band sorcery and like they seem to have more of a storyline going on in their live show than grant page has in the rest of the movie yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the remake front, I did as I did think. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That doing a, a horror version of it would be the right way to roll. Or right. you know, sort of a combination. Yeah, so yeah, a, a winking horror version would probably be the way you get it made these days. Well, you, you could still have a um Yes, maybe like a a mockumentary that is has a touch of the. It's almost like Spinal Tap meets 
um, Blair Witch Project. So <laughs> there yep. could be, you know, the the the, the band stuff with the, with the stuntman, but then there's weird things going on that seem to be trickling back and forward between their live show and uh, I mean, the rest of know, the doco. In, in terms of uh, theatrical occult rock, they're pretty basic, but, yeah, there's a <clears throat> there's definitely elements of their music that you could pull out and turn into, you know, a, a solid plot line. Yeah. It's I, tangled up with. So I didn't know anything about the band before I watched the movie and once again figured they were created for the uh for stunt rock but uh completely wrong with that yeah (laughs) yeah okay do you know more about them um well i do know initially they were offered foreigner oh right uh extremely pertinent to my interests van halen were also on the list really right which is pretty astonished i guess you know they would have been up and coming at that point so yeah it makes sense yeah uh, but yeah, they ended up with these guys, and I think they're 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 pretty interesting. You know, they're sort of a missing link between sort of Alice Cooper, yeah, and what the new wave of British heavy metal would become, right? Yeah, and, and then onwards to bands like you know Slipknot and Ghost today. Yes, <laughs> in terms of the you know the theatricality, the occult elements, uh, <clears throat> some of the mixing horror into the stage show. I mean. We really missed a trick with all those magicians that didn't take off. <laughs> wow! Like there are there are a lot of magicians in this movie. Uh, one of the particular highlights is uh, when they're at a at a party at someone's home, and that uh, magician just decides to get chained up and thrown into the bottom of the pool, and everyone stands around and <laughs> watches him get out. And it's like, but they're all magicians. That's like we know how that's <laughs> But but that, that that's to me like a comedian getting up at a party yeah. full of comedians and doing a tight ten. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> we, we all know the tricks. Like, no one gives a shit. But everyone here seems to be pretty impressed. It was a pretty good party. I was into that. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't have had fun, but it <laughs> it's weird. And between between that guy, the the American director who is a fucking asshole all the way through it. Is he supposed and, to be Spielberg? The director oh. of the TV show. Ah, oh, baseball cap, like it feels, or, or Francis Ford Coppola, like in that zone. Yeah, in hindsight, maybe that was them having a little dig at the American system. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there was definitely, yeah, there was definitely a sort of um, middle finger to one of the sort of new wave American directors of the seventies. That's very funny. Uh, but yeah, the outfit suggested to me it was like a Spielberg or a Coppola, more so than a George Lucas or a yeah, Scorsese. Then yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, the the other character that made me laugh a lot, considering how shitty he was, was the uh, the manager or the yes. agent. Like he is, he's great. And when he gets his kind of so called comeuppance, it's it's quite clearly meant to be a yeah moment, but it feels a bit more like a. Why didn't you guys do this earlier? <laughs> yeah, just look at him. Yeah. What's he wearing? Uh, yeah, uh, in terms of sorcery, though, they've released six albums in the last 50 years. Amazing. Two of which are the Stunt Rock album and the Stunt Rock album re-release and two live albums. So. Right. <laughs> Isn't uh, Stunt Rock, uh, like the soundtrack's been re-released and I think there's a new uh, vinyl yes. version yeah. of it coming out. I mean, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty good album. I, I so... I immediately downloaded it uh, when I realised that it was had been reissued. 
Yeah, uh, so while I was uh, working on this, I had it on Spotify and I was listening to it there. And weirdly, it sounds better than it on the, like just as an album that yes. it does seeing all the visuals. Like all the visuals, funnily enough, really cheapen it. But, but it was, there, was, there was a moment early in the film that made me laugh so hard, which was, you know, they're doing all their stuff and, you know, the, the devil comes out and it's Merlin. I love Merlin and the devil are in this. But then it cuts to the audience and everyone's about 16. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that seems right. And, and sitting down. And sitting down. <laughs> and also... With the, like, one of the no th- one's actually... What's going on? Yeah. And one of the things that I picked up on was that it had, a, had an interval. Like that that's that's ballsy to think, you know what, we're we're gonna give everyone an interview. We rocked you so hard, it's time yeah. to have a little rest, go yeah. to Lee, and then come back and see our bass player pretend to be the devil again. Ah, oh, amazing. And so the the on stage storyline is essentially the devil turns up, Merlin turns up, Merlin gets rid of the devil, the devil comes back, everyone's in trouble, Merlin comes back, Grant Page comes down a zip line for some reason. There's a bit of like yeah. Throwing explosions at each other. Throwing explosions. They, cut <laughs> like, the, they put the lead singer into, like, the box and <laughs> dismember uh, him. Yes, it's so funny. The lead and, singer looks like he's, you know, probably about 45 going on 19 based on the... See, this is one of the things where I was really confused as to whether any of this was real or not. Just the, the aesthetic of the band. Yes, like he, he looks like, that. that's what I mean. He looks like he could have come straight out of, uh, you know, Spinal Tap. He's yeah. got that whole look. And then and also I, do the thing where they like, they speed up the dialogue of the guy in the mask. Yes. Like there's like a, yeah, they, they <laughs> revved it up one point, you know, 1.5 times or something to make him right. like his voice. And, and was he always just wearing the mask? Was that his yes. kiss thing? Yeah. That was, I mean, there's a, there was a drummer called Thunderstick who was in uh, Iron Maiden originally. Right. Went on, yeah, he wore a mask for his entire career. Um, so he, he seems to be based on, well, they, they probably parallel each other. But, yeah, like just, yeah, just hanging out in a mask. <laughs> great. And, and such a such a great comedy moment when he takes off the mask and he's got a mask on yeah. underneath. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, you're in LA. Like you are going to be sweating bullets. The you know actually um, I have uh, been watching She Hulk which I've actually been quite enjoying right. and that, and they had uh, the porcupine on and the porcupine finally takes his mask off and because he hasn't taken his costume off for so long all the other characters are commenting on how stinky he is and how wafty he is and that's all I could think of with this yeah. guy with his mask on as well just like man if you've got a double mask in right. LA oh there is yeah, some fungus can, going on there you're committed to the bit yeah. But uh, it's it's, because people are acting as if they are the characters on the stage play and then they're acting like that off stage. I kept waiting for everything to intertwine perfectly, but they, it's like we just go back and forward between the two stories and it's it's like water and oil. Like they never quite mix properly. And then it ends, yeah. And then it ends. It's great. Um, Did you have a a particularly favourite moment in the movie? Because I've got, I've got one that, while it was happening, I, while it was happening, I was laughing so hard, and then it was like I don't quite understand where this is going, and then where I saw it went, it was like, wow, that was a lot of build up for not much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think 
um, <laughs> mine wasn't stunt related. It was live performance related, and it was oh, the, yeah. like, the devil with the cauldron talking to the devil sequence. Yeah, uh, just fucking amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, just, and just just the entire song. Thank you very much. Just yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, well, because when they think you know the the stunt at the end where oh no Grant Page is in trouble and then he zip lines down out yeah. of nowhere it's like uh so good uh, maybe that was inspired by <laughs> nearly dying on the Don Lang show yeah, just just do a zip line <laughs> no well my favorite yeah. was the the scene where Grant Page just quite casually one morning sets up the line between the two buildings. <laughs> Takes ages crawling out, ages. Like, and don't get me wrong, I understand it's dangerous, but it just takes forever. And there's like one mother and their child out that morning who looks up to see that he's doing this, and then he gets halfway, and then he gets out a phone that rotary has a rotary dial, dial on it, <laughs> and he calls the girl Lois, uh, who is nominally the journalist's love interest. Yeah to see if she would like to go out with him. And that's the end of the scene. Because he's ziplined out so she can see him on the... Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he can call her out really to the, the balcony. moment of the entire thing too, yeah. Like, like that is actually <laughs> genuinely the most insane part. Like, just go and... Like, you've got a phone. Just call her. Or just go and knock on her door. You know where she lives. She knows you're a stuntman. Like, come on. <laughs> Uh, his first appearance uh, when he gets out of the hospital and uh, rather than just walking out of the hospital, he's, you know, walking down the side of the wall in, in his uh, hospital gown, then jumping into a car and driving like an insane arsehole to get to do a, a, a fairly rudimentary stunt in in yes. comparison to other things he's been doing while dealing with the Steven Spielberg director. Like that all happens within about four minutes. <laughs> I, I think this movie is I, – I recommend this one. No, I recommend this one because it's so insane. I think it's actually worthwhile, and it's easily found too. So, yeah, the, have you seen the amazing poster, which is just the band and the wizard standing there like the Justice League? Like oh, yeah. Lost. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, if you I, don't want to see the film after seeing that poster, you've got – yeah, check your, check, check your priorities. Well, since it's on YouTube, what I might do is I might, uh, when uh, I post for this uh, film, I might put the whole film on Facebook, on the Big Squid Facebook page, because I honestly think it's so bonkers, it's really worthwhile. And it's also kind of the perfect movie that if you want to get dinner ready while it's happening, you'll be fine. If you need to, you know, fold the washing, you'll be right. You just need to get the feel of it. minutes maybe? Yeah, 90 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take long, and it really gets on with it. I'm, I'm super keen. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were going to remake it, uh, who would you go with? Who do you think would make a new – like, do you go uh, another Aussie actor to play Grant Page? Wow. Uh, that's – who have we got that could live up to that? Well, the, well, the budgie smugglers first. I, I, I feel like you could get Nash Edgerton. Yeah. Nash is cool, and he, he, guy, he? Yeah, yeah. and he is a proper stunt guy. He, uh, uh, I interviewed Nash with uh, Peter Hellier on our old movie podcast, and he was talking about how, uh, I think it was on one of the Star Wars prequels, he was doing a stunt, and I think it's the first time his parents came to watch him, and 
something went wrong and he went face first <laughs> into the floor and I was like, geez, even even you just telling me has given me a concussion. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like was he done way for his brother or was he? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I think he was doing a few things on that yeah. film. So, but um, Nash Edgerton could be uh, could be one. a fun one. And and is there are there any bands anymore that would be? You know who would do? I think the band should be uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <coughs> King Gizzard, the Australian um, multi instrumentalists who basically release an album every six weeks. Yeah, great. Enjoy. Perfect. Because uh, they've got that range. Uh, they can do the theatrical stuff. Um, yeah. We should get him on the phone after this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And, uh, mate, I'm, I'm totally up for this. This was honestly, things uh, have been so full on of late and sitting down and watching it and just after four minutes going, this is insane and this is perfect for what I need I at need this you. point in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I sat down the other night after a lot of bullshit and uh, it, it, it cleansed the palate for at least oh, 90 minutes. It's great. And also, I'm going to give away the um, ending, uh, the very final scene to Black Adam because who I'm, gives I'm a shit? Laugh, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's funny, the very, the very last moment of Black Adam is also pretty similar to the very last moment of Stunt Rock because you know how the movie ends on, hey, there's... This thing we've created this new thing. It's got it's stunt and it's and it's rock music and it, and it fin- and then the title comes up stunt rock, and Black Adam finishes with someone uh, Amanda Waller talking to him and calling him by his original name, and he says, "Ah, oh, I feel like that's a bit old fashioned." And someone says, "What are you going to call yourself now?" And he looks at the camera and does that kind of typical rock look, and then the title Black Adam comes up. And I'll be honest, this movie stunt rock cost a thimble full of coin compared to Black Adam and it was a thousand times more enjoyable. I just think it cost four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy eight. Amazing. Uh and Black Adam what, two hundred million? Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah. I mean I, I won't be seeing it based on your recommendation. <laughs> oh no, it was fucking Black awful. Uh, Not do, off- do, uh in the interest of spoiling it, how's uh, Henry Cavill? Uh like he's in it for thirty seconds. He's fine. Like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Who, who gives a shit? shit? Fucking all these fucking shit movies uh, that take up so much goddamn oxygen. Just make bloody Giffen and Dematis Justice League. Yes. TV series and fucking make me happy. Yes. Well, you know, uh, the, the the Black Adam movie is such a mess. You know, you have Amanda Waller turning up and you also have uh, the... I can't, I've just drawn a blank on the blonde woman in Peacemaker who... Yeah, yeah so yeah. she turns up for a while and... Peacemaker, an actually good show that is funny. Really um, funny. And followed through. Uh, yes. Yes. And, you know, had genuinely good performances. And- yes. And then this steaming pile like of shit. Hair metal. Oh man, a lot of good hair metal. Uh, all right, no, which is shocking to me. Sorry, a lot of stuff I wasn't aware of, which was pretty shocking to me. Yeah, yeah, stage. yeah. It was <laughs> like it was. Yeah, it came in uh, good as an introductory uh, piece as well. But uh, well, that's why I've been so surprised that um, I've enjoyed uh, She Hulk because uh, it's just like it's just funny, which yeah. is quite nice, and the lead is so good. That um, you know, all the third wall, uh, fourth wall breaking and stuff like that is 
it's fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so something with a bit of a sense of humor is great. Like, and the, and I know the CGI is a bit whatever. It, it's disappointing yeah. because the actress is so expressive that it, you know, it, it smooths out what she does naturally. But there's enough of her normally that it uh, makes it okay. Yeah, I started off with it. I just haven't gotten yeah to the back half of it. So I did see um, Charlie Cox comes back. So that's sort of that was essentially my interest a little bit. I thought the first episode was the worst episode, and after yeah. the first episode, I couldn't be asked, and uh, I thought it was fine, but I couldn't be asked. And then I saw that Charlie Cox was back, and I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind watching that. So you know, I, I thought I'll I'll see what the second one's like, and I thought that was a bit better. And then by about episode three, I thought, oh yeah, this has kind of found its feet. What I won't be seeing is the Owen Wilson, <laughs> the, have you, the kids one they've done, which looks like Spy Kids. No, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. There, there's a series where essentially Owen Wilson turns up as not his character from um, Loki. Oh, sorry, so, is yeah. this a Marvel thing? It's a Marvel thing, yeah. Um, but it's a no. sort of kid-focused TV series, I think. But yeah, uh, just completely lost. Yeah, no, lost no. Yeah. I will. I will give all of that a miss. All yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't want to be talking about superhero shit. I find it all too yeah. depressing. And I don't um, read uh, Alan Moore's GQ interview though, mate. The Alan Moore interview is the fucking best. Um, now, more importantly, <laughs> uh, how's the book going? You're getting some great reviews online. It is going pretty bloody well. Yeah, I'm really, really yeah. happy with the uh, reviews that I'm seeing coming up. Uh, yeah, getting a bit embarrassing. Uh, I'd like some not five star reviews, please, people. Can you get on Goodreads and just down uh, there just so I balance out a little bit, mate? Don't um, don't humble brag us. Fucking uh, be happy with the five star reviews, and uh, you know, there's uh, always yeah. someone willing to fucking take a crack when you least expect it. So bring it on, uh, bring it on. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, by the time this goes up, we'll have had the launch, which will be with uh, which will have been with uh, American erotic black exploitation uh, pulp fiction author Duvay Knox. Yeah, great. Co-launching the book. Uh, so you'll probably be able to find that online at my at parsiamel.com and my great. social feeds after that. Uh, and then it'll be moving on to getting the next one ready. Yes, it's, it's like but you do all of this work and it, yeah. yeah, and then it's yeah. like, okay, time to get to work. And I think there's, uh, yeah, I've got the end. Of, yeah, I think the momentum's there now. So there'll be less of the having to sort of get things ready. I can just sort of stick to the sort of format now. Right. And then... I've started writing the next story. I'm about yeah. 10,000, 15,000 words into that, but that's more of a project for next year because 2022 can get fucked. Yes, what a fucking year. 2022, what a bummer. That is oh, what I've yeah. uh, nicknamed it. So, uh, all right, thank you very much for Good that. Job. And uh, everyone should uh, remember to head to com forward slash shop where they can buy the first uh, volume of Homebrew Vampire Bullets. So uh, we will speak again, and it's going to be a tough one to uh, top, this. top stunt rock. I want to it. Okay. Thank you to Garth for joining me today. Remember to check out the first volume of his book, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets. To be across his work, head to Linktree at linktree uh, forward slash Parsiamel and you'll be able to follow Garth there. Uh, Linktree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E forward slash Parsiamel and you can go from there. Uh, 
I've just noticed we've had some new people sign up to the Big Squid Patreon site as well. Uh, To those of you who have uh, just joined recently, welcome to the community. Uh, Remember to come over to the private Facebook page where we have a budding community of people who like sharing what they're watching and what's entertaining them and uh, you know I I might be popping in there soon because I finally managed to finish off Andor and uh, you know it's got another season to go but just off the top of my head you know we'll probably talk about this at another date but just off the top of my head I probably rank my Star Wars enjoyment at uh, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, uh, The Mandalorian, <laughs> especially that first season, I really enjoyed The Mandalorian, Andor, and then Rogue One. That might be my top five Star Wars experiences. And then I reckon the rest of it is, like some of it I can't even finish, to be honest. But uh, Andor could go all the way to the top, but we're halfway through the story that they're telling, so we'll we'll wait and see. But anyway, that's the kind of chat that we have going on there. And uh, so anyway, if you would like to uh, join our community and you haven't done so yet, uh, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. And by joining uh, as for as little as $5 a month, you can access bonus podcasts, uh, scripts, you can access uh, discounts for tickets to live shows. Like I know you get a discount through just listening to the podcast, but through the Patreon, you get a super duper discount and you can also listen to this podcast without adverts as well. But anyway, uh, head on over there and you will find a tier that suits you. I'll be back next week with more Chitter Chatter and one of my favorite segments that doesn't happen too often on this podcast, but I love it when it does. And we were actually discussing this recently and we were thinking oh, we should do this a little bit more often but the co-host of Dude Cinema Alex J joins me to share which movies she saw for the first time and they took it by surprise and she ended up loving them so that'll be next week uh, I'll also uh, you know what next week I'll give you an update on how December and January are going to play out for the podcast it's been a big year you've had a big year I've had a big year I'm sure you're as tired as I am. I'm getting really close to having a day off. And I know that sounds like hyperbole, but I literally have not had a day off since uh, the end of September or, you know, even including my birthday. It was kind of like mid-September. So I'm just really looking forward to having a day where you get up and you actually think, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Like, I I need a day like that. I need a few days like that. I want to have a day where you potter about and then you realise, oh, fuck, it's lunchtime. Wow. I didn't didn't do anything. I'm not even sure what I did. So, uh, yes, I'm getting close to that. So, there will be a little bit of a break over the course of Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I think what will probably happen is it will be... Uh, just some Patreon episodes will go up, and uh, so and yeah, we'll we'll have a little bit of a break. But anyway, look, I still need to work that out, and I will let you know what's going on with that next week. Okay, I hope you're well, and uh, I hope you're kicking goals, and I hope you are healthy as well. So thanks once again for giving me your time and listening to this podcast. Until then.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.